Welcome to your favorite F word podcast, where we dive deep into conversations around food, fitness, feelings, with the occasional fuck thrown in. We're your hosts, Sarah and Nicola, owners of Paradigm Nutrition and Performance, nutrition coaches, besties, and most importantly, humans. This show is for coaches, self-growth-oriented folks, active humans, or anyone looking to deepen their understanding and relationship with food, movement, and themselves. Thanks for tuning in, and we cannot wait to share this space with you. And take two, take two. Welcome to another episode of Your Favorite F Word. I'm going to keep recording this time instead of stopping it by accident. How's everyone doing today? How's Nicola? You mean me or are you looking for a response from the ether? (laughs) How's Nicola doing today? She's good, you know, just chugging my water, eating my lunch, being hungry as fuck today. Yeah. But that's that's all. Everything else is good. Lunch at 11 a.m. is pretty early. Yeah, but I felt like since we have podcasts and then we have a client call, I was like, I'm not going to be That's in a good brain position to ride out another two hours sans meal. So here we are. Fair, fair. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk about a commonly misunderstood. What are you laughing at? How we're doing like the <laughs> teaser thing? <laughs> We do it every week. It is oh. what you're supposed to do, okay? Like to point, to point. And also read read the title. It's fine. Um, so a commonly misunderstood and misused topic. I'm seeing this like going around on TikTok a lot and it's kind of got me fired up. So this was my idea for today's topic. Um, but we're going to discuss what's actually happening when people are saying things like, I'm eating more and I'm finally losing weight or reverse dieting boosts your metabolism or talking about increasing maintenance calories. Today, we're going to talk all about metabolism and specifically how metabolism differs from total daily energy expenditure and what's like actually going on in the above situations. Um, So we're going to break down metabolism versus TDEE. We're going to briefly touch on calories in versus calories out and the concept of metabolic adaptation. And then we're going to go into just like some strategies, recommendations, thought pieces. Um, If you're someone who feels like your metabolism is quote unquote slow, um, or if you are, you know, trying to work on these things. That's what we're doing today. Yes. I got right into it. Yeah, you did. You did. I got right into it. Um, so to start, I guess we will talk about the difference between metabolism and total daily energy expenditures or TDEE. And this is where a lot of like the language gets mixed up um, and the misunderstanding happens when we're having the conversations about like how our body physically is adapting to what we're doing with our training and nutrition. Um, So when we talk about metabolism, metabolism is speaking to the chemical processes that are occurring within a living organism in order to maintain life. So this can range from everything to converting our food to fuel in the form of ATP, building muscle, recovery, all of these things. There's processes that are happening in our body in order 
for us to live. Mm-hmm. And you go ahead. I usually explain it to clients too, as like, it's the combined process that's like simultaneously the anabolic processes and catabolic processes. So catabolic being when things break down, anabolic being when things um, form or come together. Right. And the, the factors that influence our metabolism very greatly, right? Um, there's some that are within our control. So things like our muscle versus fat ratio, the amount of physical activity we do, et cetera. Um, but other things such as our age, our sex, our hormone function are also going to influence our metabolism. So metabolism is super complex and super dynamic. Um, and when it comes to like our specific influence on it, it's not as much as the media likes to make us think mm-hmm. when it's selling us all of these like metabolism boosting fucking things. Love that though. Love that term. Yeah. <laughs> so if we compare that to TDEE, let's talk about TDEE a little bit. Okay. So TDEE is um, total daily energy expenditure. TDE is our the cute little acronym. So you don't have to spit out that multiple, but essentially it's like an estimate of how many calories you, your body is burning, um, or utilizing, expending, however you want to say it, um, within a day accounting for factors such as your basal metabolic rate or BMR, your activity level and the thermic of thermic effect of food. Um, those are kind of primarily what we'll look at, but I think too, it's important to like, we'll talk about the breakdown of them, but this is where another layer of misconception happens. And it's kind of where you start to hear people go off on maybe the wrong or misinformed tangent around how all you have to do is start exercising and you're going to burn so many more calories. Um, so when we actually looked at, look at the breakdown of TDEE, BMR So your basal metabolic rate, these are the calories that your body expends just to keep itself alive. So all of the internal processes, things like, oh God, breathing, pumping blood through your body, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all of these things that are happening uh, completely unconsciously, um, are really do create the biggest piece of our energy expenditure around 70% of our day, meaning like you could lay on the couch and barely just breathe and keep yourself alive. So like some of us look when we are watching Netflix in a semi-comatose state, you're still burning 70% of what a normal daily energy expenditure would be for you. Mm -hmm. So, and that's the metabolism piece, right? When we talk about metabolism, metabolism is where our basal metabolic rate is one piece of our TDEE. Um, and like Nicholas said, that's about 70%. And then we've got three other main pieces that contribute to our daily energy expenditure. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to go into those? Sure. So NEAT, as we've come to know it, is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So those are all of like the ways in which our body moves that are not like formal exercise. So if you are a fidgety person, so like if you're talking with your hands right now, or if you're like wiggling in your seat, um, if you are doing a lot of like standing, sitting, or getting up to go to the bathroom, all that kind of like, again, 
kind of like um, not purposeful movement. You're not really thinking, oh, I have to move my hands right now. I have to go for a walk right now. That's really neat. And that is about 15% of our daily energy expenditure. So now if we are burning 70% of the calories in a comatose Netflix watching state, now maybe we're up and petting our dog while we watch <laughs> Netflix and maybe we're playing cards with our hands or we're getting up to go get another Diet Coke. You know, those are things that would contribute to your neat then and add another 15% onto your expenditure. Mm-hmm. And then we have the other piece of the movement, which is our physical activity. And this is the physical activity that we're engaging in on purpose. Um, So our strength training workouts, maybe walks that you have planned throughout the day to get your steps in, cardio, that kind of stuff, anything that's like your planned physical activity. And this is where Nicola mentioned like, oh, exercising to lose weight is like kind of a common misconception because the calories we actually expend for physical activity really only make up about five, maybe pushing 10% of your total daily energy expenditure if you are exercising heavily and for long periods of time. For most Mm -hmm. of us, it's going to be closer to that like 5%. So if we are, even if we are increasing our exercise, it's not going to contribute very heavily to the calories that we are expending. Um, And that's why we don't necessarily, I mean, we're not shitting on exercise. We want everyone to exercise and it absolutely has so many health benefits, um, both cardio and strength training. But when it comes to weight loss, it's not necessarily like the end all be all. Right. And within that, you're not taking into consideration like the stress um, impacts on your body, the recovery potential, the potential for fatigue, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. You can't just add on an additional hour of cardio every day and bingo, bango, your weight loss journey just sporadically increases. Yeah. Doesn't work like that. I wish that'd be nice. Yes. Like, <laughs> okay. And then the last contributor to our TDEE is going to be something called the thermic effect of food. And basically when we consume food, our body needs to expend energy in order to break down and digest it. Um, So we expend energy when we eat. And so that makes up another about five, maybe 10%. Again, the more you eat, the higher thermic effect of food is going to be and vice versa. So that's where those ranges come from in terms of percentages. So we've got those four components of TDEE. And when it comes to changing our quote unquote metabolism, generally we're speaking to effects in the areas of physical activity, neat and thermic effective food, and not actually substantial changes to our BMR. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. We'll break that down a little bit more, but um, so do you have any other comments on that before we move on move on that I think it's a good reminder for people just like recognizing the components that make up our energy expenditure in a day can help people visualize or better understand why your TDEE isn't a static number you're never or rarely if ever going to burn the exact same number of calories every day even if you do the same things 
So for example, like one day you're resting on the couch, watching your Netflix, and maybe you had a really hard workout the day before. So your body is going through the process of potentially there's anabolic processes of repairing and rebuilding muscle. Um, those things might be going on. Meanwhile, like maybe you are decompressing from a really stressful week and you've got some stuff going on hormonally. Like there's going to be so many things impacting your BMR on a daily basis and it's going to be a little bit different, but then say I get an extra like 5k steps today. Maybe I was standing all day instead of sitting. Maybe I ate more protein heavy meals today. Maybe I ate way less. Like there's so many things that are going to contribute to the actual number of calories your body burns in a day. Mm -hmm. That's also why we don't want to depend on things like our smartwatches or like try to like down to the T um, identify like how many calories we're expending. It's impossible unless you're in a lab in a completely controlled setting, you're never going to know. So the methods that we are using around changing our calorie intake, et cetera, are all like really an educated guest guess and depend on our ability to, you know, try out the thing, see how our body responds and adjust accordingly. But the more we understand about what's actually going on in these situations, the more we can do that. Yeah. And maybe do you think it's worth noting like why you'll hear some people talk about steps as being part of NEAT? Uh, sure. So I think like I see this all the time when it's like say an Instagram post and it's like ways to increase your NEAT. Knowing that NEAT attributes to more. So 15% instead of like five to 10% of your daily energy expenditure a lot of people will be like, well, let's take into consideration that training is a stress on your body. We don't always want to be increasing our training because we're going to burn out. So what, how do we get more neat or increase that? And so while purposeful steps, so like if you have a 10K steps goal, that's technically not neat because mm -hmm. again, it's purposeful, intentional movement, whereas neat is sporadic and spontaneous and happens as a result of how much energy your body has. If you are eating a lot more and your total calories incoming are higher, say you're in a surplus, you're naturally going to be moving your body more. It has more energy to expend versus if you were in a drastic deficit, a lot of people who are cutting, people who do like body, um, bodybuilding shows, when they're in a really severe deficit, they can recognize that their body movement decreases a ton to the point where I've heard some people be like, I literally don't have the energy to get up and go to the bathroom, so I won't go as often. Things like that can happen. And so you get this kind of like range um, that you might not notice day to day, especially for most of us who are eating in maintenance. Um, but if we're trying to push a component of our TDE, lots of people will say, okay, go get some steps to improve your need. Right. Because it is a lower stress. It's uh, a lower activity. So mm -hmm. you might see it as that, but technically steps are not neat mm -hmm. or like, sorry, purposeful walks are not yeah. neat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just more of like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Formality, mm -hmm. you know? Um, often we're going to benefit from increasing our steps versus adding on more like nervous system taxing activity. Yeah. So we would use this for clients, like setting a step goal for clients or encouraging more movement, even if it is intentional in the form of steps for like our very sedentary clients. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Okay, so we're not going to go into this a ton. Um, I think we've done another episode on metabolic adaptation, but I just wanted to quickly touch on calories in versus calories out um, because it is relevant here when we're having this conversation around like, oh, I'm eating more and now I'm losing weight. So we know that when calories in are higher than calories out, weight gain is going to occur. And when calories in are lower than calories out, weight loss is going to occur. If they are relatively the same, we should maintain our weight. And when we talk about maintenance calories, we're talking about that level where our calories in are equal to our total daily energy expenditure. Like we discussed, our metabolism is very flexible and is going to um, fluctuate from day to day. So these aren't like your maintenance calories aren't 2000 on the dot. You don't burn exactly 2000 calories every single day. Um, we often see maintenance calories kind of as a range of a couple hundred calories, um, knowing that we're burning more on some days, less on the other days. So when it comes to weight loss, we must be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. There is no disputing that. It is what it is. That said, both sides of the equation are dynamic and flexible. So when we on purpose modify our calories in by creating a calorie deficit, our calories out, that total daily energy expenditure is going to unconsciously change. So like Nicholas said, when bodybuilders are in a calorie deficit for a long period of time, their neat goes down. They don't have as much energy to expend. Um, and she made that bathroom comment, right? I feel like that's like very extreme. Very extreme. <laughs> but like you won't stand up as much. You yeah. won't, you know, you're, you're not going to be as handsy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when we alter one side of the equation, the other side is going to adjust. And that is kind of the concept of metabolic adaptation, which is basically just our body wants to keep us functioning. It wants to keep us alive. So it's going to do what it needs to do in order to function with the resources we are giving it. I don't think we need to dive any deeper into that, um, but it's really important to understand like that equation works both ways. Mm -hmm. So then when, if we're talking about this example of like what's happening when someone starts seeing results because they're eating more. I love this. I love seeing it online with zero context and people are like, what? Yeah. I feel like it's used as like a marketing tactic. Like absolutely it is like people do like, okay, this was their body at this amount of calories. And this was their body at this amount of calories. And like, mm -hmm. it's a positive change in body composition, eating like 500 more calories a day. And it's misleading because I think it leads people to think like, wow, I can just like eat whatever. And like, you know, it's going to be so awesome and stuff like that. But that's typically not what's happening because what we generally find is when calories are too low, we are just not consistent, right? So we might have a daily calorie target that's, let's say, 1,400 calories. Oh and maybe we're hitting that three days a week, four days a week. And then the other three days, we are either not tracking or, you know, we're going out to eat or we're feeling restricted. So we might have periods of overeating and our consumption on those other days 
can easily reach 2,500, 3,000 plus calories, right? And so even though that human is like, I'm eating 1,400 calories, I'm not losing weight, if we look at their average calorie intake, it's generally a lot higher than that. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, if there are people who are eating in a very low deficit, at some point, because your metabolism is adaptive, the factors that make up your TDE are going to decrease as a result. So mm -hmm. if we burn calories for eating, absorbing, digesting food, if we're not eating very much, we're going to burn less calories from that. Yes. If we have less energy in general, we're not going to move as much. If we have less energy, we're not going to feel as good. We're likely not going to work as hard in the gym. Maybe we're likely to skip workouts or do them less frequently. So there's, um, and as you lose weight, your body size becomes smaller and a smaller body has a lower BMR. So a ton of different factors there that are impacting um, overall. You're just burning less calories as you're in a deficit anyways. And at some point, you know, that's where we talk about like a plateau when you've adapted to meet your new calorie intake. Yeah. So if we look at the other side of this progress picture, and now we're at increased calories, what's typically happening is now say this person has a 2,100 calorie per day target. They're probably going to be a lot more consistent and accurate with meeting that target because it allows for more flexibility. It allows them to eat you know, to satisfy their hunger, to satisfy their taste buds, and they're going to be more consistent and adherent with it. So where they were eating 1400 plus like 3000 on various days of the week, now they're averaging around that 2100 level. And thus that's creating more of a calorie deficit than like the yo-yoing back and forth. So typically in those situations, it's just because of consistency and adherence in addition to these changes that happen to our TDE, right? Now this 2,100 calorie person is also expending more energy. They're more motivated to go to the gym. They're pushing it harder in the gym. They are potentially putting on muscle mass. They are, you know, moving more throughout the day. Their thermic effect of food is higher. So not only are they being more consistent with their diet, but their total daily energy expenditure is higher. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm thinking like specifically of the pictures where it's not just like calories before and after and then weight before and after, but like complete 180 body composition changes. Yes. And I think that then gets conflated with like weight loss because they like quote look better because they are leaner because right. by eating more, they've put themselves in a more opportune position to put on muscle mass mm -hmm. again, because they're more likely to train, train harder, um, train more frequently but also because their body has the calories to recover repair and actually build muscle whereas that's very hard in a deep calorie deficit yeah and for individuals who are looking to like be toned or lean that muscle building piece is often missed um or like deprioritized when really it is like the key to that yeah oftentimes we'll see like um clients who think they want weight loss, but what they are actually seeking is to be in a better position to put on muscle mass. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Body recomposition or like mm -hmm. body composition change. Right. 
Um, so with that in mind, then if we're looking at like boosting our metabolism or increasing our maintenance calories, remember that those two are different, right? Our metabolism and our maintenance calories are not the same, two different things. If we want to boost our quote unquote metabolism, the really only thing that we can do is put on muscle because the more muscle we have, the harder our body is going to have to work in terms of its chemical processes in order to keep us functioning. Um, and there was a study that I just read that talked about, so often we hear that like our metabolism slows down as we age, blah, blah, blah. And the study really looked at, it broke down metabolism in terms of the chemical processes. And it found that our metabolism doesn't actually decrease until after about 60 years old, what does happen though is, especially as women, we lose muscle as we age. So that loss of muscle is what's resulting in a lower or slower metabolism. It's not actually physiological and metabolic stuff that's happening. It's just due to a loss of muscle. So the more muscle mass we can build and maintain, the quote unquote higher or faster our metabolism will actually be. So that study looked at men and women then? No, it just looked at women. Just women. Okay. The one that I read anyways, um, throughout the lifespan. Yeah. So that was super interesting. Um, but in terms of increasing our maintenance calories, that's speaking to our TDEE. T that's even hard to say fast. <laughs> TDEE. So we can influence that via moving more, eating more, right? Directly through our thermic effect of food, but also indirect effects on our NEAT and other movement throughout the day etc. So knowing that typically our recommendations are eat more. <laughs> eat more, feel better. Eat more to feel better. Yeah. And if you're someone who's like, not sure if you should like cut or eat at maintenance first, or you're kind of like feeling like you're in like maybe a little bit of a plateau or not sure what to do. We generally recommend a period of eating at maintenance or higher and focusing on muscle building. Because like Nicholas said, we typically see that like body recomposition um, start to happen when we're focused on that. Mm -hmm. And this is like exactly why I will never promise a certain rate of weight loss for a client, especially one who is just getting into changing nutrition, like by small adjustments, not majorly, but also just getting into lifting weights mm -hmm. because we're going to be putting on muscle mass and potentially spontaneously losing fat, I never want to put the priority on the scale going down because so many yeah. other changes are going to be happening alongside that. Yeah. And like so many more positive changes in terms of like long-term. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the last note that I had here was um, we see like reverse dieting talked about a lot in the media. And this is something that we've maybe like changed our minds on. Um, based on new research um, and so a lot of times we'll see like reverse dieting boosts your metabolism or like helps you get maintenance calories up etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, but and the period of reverse dieting we have a podcast episode we did on reverse dieting and season one um, so originally it was thought that after a deficit you want to slowly increase your calories over time to build up to your new maintenance in order to minimize any negative effects that come from bumping calories back up 
Um, but the current research is showing that jumping right back up to your new maintenance, which if you've lost weight is going to be lower than it was before, um, instead of doing it slowly, pretty much has the same effect. So in terms of what? In terms of changes in body comp. So there's not any more negative changes in body comp from doing that bigger jump versus like doing it slower over time. The right. end is the same. And there's lots of arguments of to like why you might benefit from going straight into your new maintenance calories. For one, it's going to feel a lot better to all of a sudden have a lot more food, more energy, more flexibility. Um, workouts are going to feel a lot better, but essentially you're like making your body feel better quicker. Yeah. However, flip side application, application matters. So we do still use a, some form of reverse diet with a lot of clients mm -hmm. for various reasons. So we're still looking at this on an individual basis. And for some clients, it does make the most sense to go right into new maintenance for others who are really concerned about putting the weight on, who might be deterred from the process if they notice a bigger spike on the scale, if they are worried about digestion or experience shifts there when the volume of food increases, um, if they have just generally a fear of putting on weight um, and it's kind of like a little bit of a mindset thing for them, anything that's going to deter them from like following the process, we're going to make a judgment call on like how to apply that this concept. Mm -hmm. And often we can, we know our clients ahead of time before we move into the deficit, whether or not we're going to need that slower process. So then we can factor that into like the total length of their diet, knowing that like, if we are working up slowly, it's going to prolong the time in a deficit, right? Mm -hmm. so mindful of that too. And that's why some of the new research says it's better to just like go up right, right away because you know, it takes you out of that deficit and reduces like negative effects of metabolic adaptation, blah, 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 yeah. blah, da, 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 da. Um, but as Nicholas said, there's going to be pros and cons both ways. And it really is kind of like based on an individual basis. And if we are moving back up to our maintenance calories and not exceeding that, we shouldn't see negative body composition change, right? Um, in either one of those in either one of those situations. Um, so sometimes doing it slowly gives us more of a gauge on like where our new maintenance actually is um, versus if we went up to our projected maintenance and that was like calculated higher than it actually is or something like that, right? Right. Yeah, it gives you a little bit more like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Accurate. Like hands on. Yeah. Yeah more feedback throughout it, more yeah, info. I'm also thinking about like when we have clients who have indicated that they are most likely under eating, um, we might start them on a reverse diet yes. versus jumping them up to the maintenance calories that we've projected for them. Often it's because they're not used to eating that amount of food. It's uncomfortable for many reasons, whether it's like emotionally, mentally, or literally like physically, um, we might start them lower and slowly increase over time as their hunger adapts to that higher calories, as they are training more, 
um, as they get more comfortable eating higher volumes of food. So there's that as well. Yeah. Different situation, but same process there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully that clarified some things today. Um, yeah, I think it's just like very misunderstood. Um, and I think we get a little bit too obsessed with like this whole metabolism piece, um, based on social media. So hopefully that clarified some things. Nicola's rolling her eyes. Anytime you hear something that's like claims to make it really easy, just assume it's bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I can't think of anything that, wait, I just, I can't think of anything that's like claims to be a super easy fix that actually is. And if anybody has an example of something to like prove that statement wrong, please tell me. At least not when it comes to like your health. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. We have to jump on a call here pretty quick and I have to go <laughs> and refill my water. So let's do a quick fuck yes and fuck no. Fuck yes. This water bottle. New, is it from Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's like the, it's like the people who are like, don't spend that money on the Stanley, get this one instead. That's right. Yeah. So this is something that is easy. Right. This was promised to change my life in terms of my hydration. And you know what it did? So proven wrong. There we go. Well, mine has a speaker on the bottom. What? Yeah. Why would you ever need that? For like golf? My mom. Fuck no, golf. Okay. episode. I shot 88 on when I golfed on the weekend. That's the best round I've ever had. Wow. Was it because of the music water bottle? No, we actually weren't listening to music. See? Silence. You don't need that speaker. Boom. Point proven. Um, okay, so then we need a fuck no. I already said it. Golf. Oh, okay, fine. Although I did get really stoned and watch golf with Brandon. I was like, holy shit, watch these the guys are so talented. No, it was that documentary on uh, Rory Mako. Oh, yeah. oh, there's a documentary just on Rory? Well, it was one of the episodes. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's actually so incredible. Yeah, <laughs> but then I sobered up and was like, hey, golf. When you like actually golf, it's freaking impressive to watch these guys and just like, golf is fucking hard (laughs) like watching them is crazy yeah fine fine there's just too many douchebags who golf talk about it as if it's like the whole world anyways okay Okay, but how is that different from any other sport i know i know i just (laughs) have i just hate sports (laughs) that's right go into the environmental and social implications of privatized golf courses but I won't I'll spare you all okay (laughs) Uh, yeah I have a couple other thoughts on that because me and my brother and my dad were having some conversations this weekend which is always interesting because my brother and my dad are very different thought processes from me um but we were talking about sports and how much professional athletes make oh god don't even get me started yeah yeah anywho Mm -hmm. um okay well we're gonna wrap it up I gotta pee. We better. We better. Five minutes. And we'll catch you on the flippity flip. Okay, bye.